What's going on guys? Sam Adams here and welcome to another episode of Caffeinate. Slightly late today for September the 19th. I apologize, I had to move some furniture. It was just a thing that happened. But welcome to today's show for those that are watching live. I appreciate you being here. And of course, for those that are watching the VOD format of the show, I appreciate you as well. And even if you are on the podcast service, I said that as though that was a derogatory thing. Trust me, I'm just glad anyone is watching at all. But this is a gaming news show where I bring you the hottest gaming news from around the industry every single week night at 7 p.m. or thereabouts to let you know what is happening in the industry that we all love. And today is a pretty significant day because we have had a ton of news, including the headliner, which is that at 2 a.m. my time last night, Eastern Time, PlayStation Classic was announced from the official PlayStation account. Why announce this at 2 a.m.? I have absolutely no idea. But here we have it. That's what's going on right now. So that is going to be our headliner for the day, as I said. On top of that, Sega Mega Drive Mini is going to see a global release, but is now being delayed until 2019. The Korean ratings board has listed PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds for the PlayStation 4. Rockstar Games has some details about Red Dead Online. NPD numbers are in for August of 2018, and there is a pretty big surprise there for those that are fans of the classic Call of Duty games. On top of that, Rainbow Six Siege had a little bit of a leak today. Fortnite's Loot Lake doesn't look like you remember it, because the giant cube is now gone, like a big sugar cube being dissolved in a glass of water. Dark Dark Souls Remastered gets a network test on the Switch this weekend if you were having a hankering to get your hands on the newest game coming from uh, the guys over there at From Software coming to the Nintendo Switch, even though it isn't a new game at all. And finally, Nintendo Switch Online is officially live, so we will talk about that just a bit to keep you guys up to date on what is going on. But again, I appreciate you jumping into the show with me. Again, I apologize for being late, but sometimes life does end up taking you by the balls and making you move some furniture. But let's go ahead and jump into it. And also, to Alan in the chat, I appreciate you being here. Look at that beautiful green screen. I was recording a video. But the first story of the day, introducing PlayStation Classic with 20 preloaded games. Pretty interesting stuff. Featuring Final Fantasy VII, Tekken 3, Wild Arms, and 17 other legendary titles, the new mini console launches December 3rd at an MSRP of $99 US. And so there you have it, 100 bucks for a small version of the PS1 Classic. Almost 25 years ago, the original PlayStation was introduced to the world. Developed by Sony Computer Entertainment, it was one of the first home consoles in video... Excuse me. It was the first home console in video game history to ship 100 million units worldwide, offering consumers a chance to play games with real-time 3D-rendered graphics in their homes. Today, we are excited to announce that we are bringing back the original PlayStation experience with a new miniaturized version, PlayStation Classic. The console will come preloaded with 20 classic titles, including fan favorites such as Final Fantasy VII, Jumping Flash, Ridge Racer Type 4, Tekken 3, and Wild Arms. The mini console is approximately 45% smaller than the original PlayStation, and it emulates the original's look and feel, by featuring similar controllers and packaging. Longtime fans will appreciate the nostalgia that comes with rediscovering the games they know and love, while gamers who might be new to a platform they can enjoy the groundbreaking PlayStation console experience that started it all. All of the preloaded games will be playable in their original format, and that is what you've got with it right there. Of course, right now it is up for pre-order at select retailers across the U.S. and Canada. Each unit will also come with an HDMI cable to connect to the TV, a USB cable, and two controllers for local multiplayer within compatible titles. And PlayStation Classic is coming again for 99 USD or 129 Canadian MSRP on December 3rd, 2018. A historic date for all of us at PlayStation, according to the guys over here on the PlayStation blog. And so that's pretty much what it looks like. There's your comparison between the two models that we all remember. Of course, right now I have about three of these in my 
my closet. I bought them bundled at a yard sale, don't question me. Uh, but this is, again, the smaller version of the PlayStation. Of course, it's going to look fantastic alongside the NES Classic and the SNES Classic if you do have that. Uh, but overall, pretty interesting stuff here. I'm surprised it took them this long to take advantage of this opportunity. Uh, it just seems to be like one of those things where it should have happened a long time ago, but they didn't want to look like they were blatantly ripping off what Nintendo was coming out with because, of course, this was their idea. We saw the introduction of the NES Classic a couple of years back, and it was a worldwide sensation almost overnight. There were, uh, you know, stocking issues because people simply didn't have enough of these to sell to people that were ravenous for a classic experience on a small version of Nintendo's console. And so now PlayStation just sees that opportunity and is seizing it. But overall, a beautiful looking little console, if I do say so myself. Pretty big fan of it. And overall, I will be buying this one at some point because this is kind of one of the consoles that I grew up on. However, when I was this age, whenever the PlayStation 1 was kind of prominent, I will say that I didn't get to experience these iconic games that people always talk about. I've never played Final Fantasy VII, I've never played Tekken 3, any of that stuff. I want to get in there and see what was going on around the time whenever I really didn't, you know know what was going on. So in a sense, it could be a fantastic opportunity to really dig into what was going on around my childhood. But overall, I am pretty excited to see what this one does bring to the table when it does launch on December the 3rd of 2018. And it's coming out pretty soon. Fantastic opportunity for the holiday season right here. Uh, Good cash grab from PlayStation. Good, good cash grab. But moving on to another miniature console, Sega Mega Drive Mini will see global release, but is now delayed until 2019, yet another miniaturized version of a classic console. It's been a while since we heard any news on the Sega Mega Drive Mini, yet another nostalgic console which is currently in development for the Japanese market. Today, see some good news and some bad news on this 16-bit re-release. Sega has announced that they will be releasing the Mega Drive Mini globally with a Genesis model for the US and a Mega Drive model for Europe. However, due to wanting to release the console in all territories simultaneously, the launch date has been pushed back to next year. As well as ensuring a global release, it will also give the developer more time to revise both the physical and software design of the unit, hopefully giving players the best, dare I say, the most mega experience when the console is finally available to the public in, again, 2019. Now, you could look at this and say, oh, good, they've made it a global release, and now they're going to have two different versions, so they need more time to go ahead and pump this thing out. Or you could say that it was going to be completely and totally overshadowed by the PlayStation Classic. It just depends on how you want to kind of digest that information. I'm just saying that it does look to be that kind of situation. But again, that's just me. So if you were looking forward uh, to having a Sega Mega Drive Mini, the number one, you can get it worldwide, which is going to be very cool. Of course, also known as the Genesis here in the United States. On top of that, though, uh, it is going to be coming out in 2019. So it is unfortunate, sort of, kind of. But I did want to let you guys know that if you didn't want the small version of the PlayStation, you could, in fact, get the small version of the Sega Mega Drive slash Sega Genesis. It just depends on what you want. Overall, I think that between these two stories, kind of bundling them together, I will say that right now you're seeing kind of a resurgence and a renaissance of classic gaming. People love the nostalgia factor right now. And it's a fantastic way for companies to take advantage of that. It's a fantastic idea. And also, when it comes down to it, if I have my own apartment, or even now that I have my own room, uh, you would love to see all these consoles lined up. All these miniaturized versions of classic consoles. It's just something that is fun. It's appealing to the eye. It's a fantastic topic uh, for you know breaking the ice when somebody comes over. If you want to play some games on them, that's fantastic as well. It really is a trip down memory lane. I love this idea about what's happening right now, because it is truly uh, kind of a renaissance, as I said. So anyways, I could go on for hours about that, but if you did want to pick up the Sega Mega Drive Mini or the Sega Genesis Mini, you can look forward to that in 2019, but in the meantime, you've got plenty of small miniaturized versions of classic consoles if you did want to dive into those.
But moving on to the Korean ratings board has listed PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds for the PlayStation 4. Very neat, very awesome stuff here. The Korean ratings board has posted a listing for PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds for PlayStation 4, a title which is currently only on the Xbox One, PC, and mobile. At E3 2017, Microsoft announced that it was publishing the title for Xbox One, and afterwards, the company was careful to point out that the game was a console launch exclusive. Since then, PUBG Corp CEO Chang Hong Kim said that the goal is to have the game on every system and that the choice will go with Xbox One at the time was due to the fact that Microsoft has an early access period while Sony does not. So essentially, what they're saying here is that PUBG was being tested on the Xbox One in kind of a beta format, an early access format. And so now that the you know, game has hit its 1.0 release on the console, now it can be ported over to the PlayStation 4 and everybody can begin enjoying it. Uh, this is a fantastic piece of news for me because quite frankly, I'm a big fan of PUBG. Uh, when it comes to the PC version of the game, no, I'm not very good. I have a couple of chicken dinners under my belt, but when it comes down to it, I'm really, really bad at the game. Uh, what's almost equally as bad as me playing the game is the quality of the game on the Xbox One, and that's pretty bad. Uh, of course, stability has improved over the past couple of updates. I have seen people playing on console, and it looks fine. But when it comes down to it, whenever the game first launched, it was very, very rough, if I do say so myself. With that being said, I'm sure that times have changed. I'm sure the game is at least somewhat stable on console, I would hope, at this point. And I would love to see it kind of move over to the PlayStation 4, and I might even pick this one up. Because to be able to play PUBG on console... It's a much more comfortable experience for me. It's not quite so high octane. I might have a good shot at actually getting a chicken dinner. I'm just saying it could be a fantastic opportunity. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll have to see how this goes because the game is still doing very, very well on the Xbox One amidst the BR craze that we're seeing right now because Battle Royale is still the name of the game around the town. People are still talking about Fortnite. People are still talking about specifically Call of Duty with their new Blackout mode coming to Black Ops 4, but PUBG is still holding its own and it's still, I stand behind it as a good game. But that's just me. Uh, however, we'll see what happens. Can it keep people interested? I believe that it probably could end up doing that. But moving on to the next story of the day, and I'll follow up with that one if we have any more info tomorrow. Rockstar Games has announced Red Dead Online. Now tune in, because this is pretty dang cool. So Rockstar Games has announced Red Dead Online, the online component of the upcoming Red Dead Redemption 2. Red Dead Online is an evolution of the original Red Dead Redemption's multiplayer mode, which will combine narrative elements with both cooperative and competitive gameplay options. Red Dead Online will continue to receive updates throughout its life cycle as it relies on the base Red Dead Redemption 2 to exist as its foundation. An IGN exclusive interview with Rockstar Games team indicates that the new mode will indeed use the same world and gameplay mechanics as Red Dead Redemption 2 as a jumping off point. The decision was made to keep this particular portion online rather than releasing it as a single player experience was because the team views both Red Dead Online and Red Dead Redemption 2 as separate products that will grow independently of each other. Sound similar? It's pretty much GTA Online and GTA 5, just from my perspective though. For those concerned about the synergy between Rockstar's other hit online title, GTA Online, and Red Dead Online, the team made it clear that there will be several differences between both game modes. The aim is for players to settle into their online characters while building a personal experience that makes sense in the context of Red Dead Redemption 2's world. As such, the team took the best elements and content packs from GTA Online for use with what would debut in Red Dead Online. Considering Heist, After Hours, the Doomsday Heist, and Gun Running, the crux of what the online component of Grand Theft Auto had to offer, those elements were rolled into things 
that the team wanted to also see in Red Dead Online, as well as pieces of the old Red Dead Redemption multiplayer mode. It's important to note, of course, that Grand Theft Auto Online will still continue to coexist with Red Dead Online, and Rockstar Games has big plans for the mode. Updates will be staggered between both games as Red Dead Online turns its focus towards role-playing and morality, which is a slight different of a direction than what GTA Online has to offer. The game is expected to launch on November the 18th with a public beta, although there is no current firm date on when we can expect the beta to open up to players. The new mode will be free to anyone who purchases Red Dead Redemption 2 on the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. Still got my fingers crossed for a PC version of the game. And that, of course, was an addition from me. Uh, but this is really interesting and also something that we all kind of saw coming because whenever GTA Online launched, uh, it was a fantastic success almost overnight because it's still thriving. It is still a flourishing community and it has got a lot of money flowing into the veins of Rockstar Games. So, of course, they would do something with Red Dead Redemption 2. I'm glad to hear they're taking more of a serious approach to it because, of course, when it comes to GTA Online, it really is kind of a catch-all uh, of whatever people throw at it. So, of course, you have the role-playing community, you have the -the over-the-top mini-games that people have, you have the actual people that do heist and play the game as you would expect it to be played. Uh, It's essentially an open-world sandbox that allows you to do whatever you want to do, and that, my friends, is the beauty of GTA Online. But when it comes to Red Dead 2, specifically with Red Dead Online, it does seem to be quite more serious than you would expect, and also, it probably is going to be less appealing on a wide scale simply because it isn't quite as quirky as what you get from Grand Theft Auto Online. But again, that is just my two since it's still going to be a fantastic success. Do not mince my words there. This is going to be a big release for this winter. Now, interestingly enough, it is launching about a month after the actual base game does launch with Red Dead 2, so that gives them time to kind of flesh out the base game and then add more stuff and really prep the game for the release of Red Dead Online. So we'll see how that goes, but I am sure that it will be perfectly fine in and of itself. However, again, it is expected to launch on November the 18th. Keep your eyes peeled for a public beta, and I will definitely let you guys know when that does uh, get some kind of detail right here on another episode of Caffeinate that it is going to be to come. Again, every weeknight, 7 p.m., right here, maybe, depending on what I've got going on, but always a show every single weeknight. There you go. However, moving on to the games that have sold the most, instead of talking about the games that are going to sell the most, NPD reports for August 2018 are in, and Madden NFL 19 is on the top, with the return of Modern Warfare 2 and Monster Hunter World's continued success. Insanity that we have Modern Warfare 2. I almost said Monster Warfare 2. That sounds pretty cool, too. But Modern Warfare 2, at the top of the billboards here, as far as the NPD stuff goes. I don't know if billboards is the right phrase to use. We'll move on. But the August 2018 Games Industry Report is here from the NPD with growth across all segments. According to the NPD Group, August saw a 26% year-on-year increase in spending across software, hardware, accessories, and game cards for a total of $796 million. As always, the data is representative mostly of retail, though it does include digital sales for games whose publishers share these numbers. As far as hardware goes, it registered a 28% growth in August compared to the same period last year. $214 million was spent on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch and other devices such as the NES Classic. Each respective device saw year-on-year growth, and the top three were practically tied in dollar sales. Nintendo hardware unit and dollar sales are at the highest year-to-date totals since 2011. Very awesome stuff to hear there. Congratulations to Nintendo. The Nintendo Switch Neon Red slash Blue Joy-Con 32GB is the year's best-selling hardware item in both unit and dollar sales. Year-to-date, Sony's PlayStation 4 remains the best-selling console hardware platform in both units and dollars, so Sony is still the king. Now, software sales saw a 16% increase year-on-year, or $330 million in earnings. The top game, unsurprisingly, was Madden NFL 19, and of course, it has chopped 
chopped, what am I saying, topped the charts for August uh, every year since 2000, but this year saw it sell more than any other August. Monster Hunter World came in at number two, mostly thanks to the strong sales of the PC version. Of course, it is the third bestseller in the world so far uh, in 2018. The most surprising entry on the list, though, is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, which landed at number eight, thanks to the recent Xbox One backwards compatibility launch. That is right, ladies and gents, Modern Warfare 2 is at the number eight spot on the NPD charts for August of 2018. Again, this game came out in 2009. That is mind-blowing. However, Rainbow Six Siege's performance can be attributed to the August free weekend, which pushed many to buy the game, enough that it secured the third spot on the top ten list, and GTA V continues to be a juggernaut even five years after its release. As we talked about yesterday, the game has been available for 60 months, and it didn't leave the bestsellers for 59 of these months. Of course, EA was the top-selling publisher in August thanks to Madden's success, and Nintendo is the biggest software publisher overall this year. Uh, so the top 20, of course, will go through the top 5. Madden NFL 19, Monster Hunter World, Rainbow Six Siege, GTA 5, and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe are your top 5, with God of War hanging in there at number 7, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 at number 8. Interestingly enough, trying to find any more interesting stuff down through here. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 dropped to number 15. Kind of interesting stuff down there, but Far Cry 5 is still hanging right there at number 13. Pretty good sales, if I do say so myself. Uh, but that's pretty much what you've got right now. Uh, and of course, in the chat, we have a comment. Yeah, I'm a huge Xbox guy, but the Xbox One will never catch up to the PS4 and units sold. Maybe the next gen might have a good chance, but current gen PS4 is king. It is true because of the lead that they do have right now. But at the end of the day, play wherever you have fun. That's what it comes down to in my book. Play wherever you have fun. I really enjoy my PS4, and it seems like a ton of other people do as well. But again, very interesting that Modern Warfare 2 is at number 8 for August of 2018. And speaking of Rainbow Six Siege, there is a Halloween event coming down the pipe. On the, uh, excuse me, one of the surprises Ubisoft is preparing to unleash upon the Rainbow Six Siege community this Halloween has apparently been revealed ahead of time. Following the release of Rainbow Six Siege's Y3S3.1 update this week, the game's community noticed something interesting on the game's home screen. For a few brief moments, the page showed what is our first look at Rainbow Six Siege's Halloween event. First spotted by Reddit user Chuck0620, the event appears to be a casual playlist featuring the map House. Now, of course, the map has been redecorated, with Halloween-appropriate spookiness. It's not clear at this stage whether the changes are nothing more than visual, but the message also teases upcoming skins that look nothing like any of the skins available today. The non-skin for what looks to be Valkyrie is especially terrifying. We're hoping there's a little more to the event than a redecorated map and a few skins, but it is hard to say. Now, of course, you can check out the image right here, and I will zoom in right now, but it looks like, at the moment, uh, we do have a haunted house map coming for Rainbow Six Siege. Could be really interesting. Throw a couple of fog effects on there, some jack-o'-lanterns in the wind, Windows, what looks to be some skins, again, as far as the player character goes. Pretty awesome stuff. Can't really expect that much, to be honest with you. Uh, but overall, looking forward to all these themed events. Of course, Overwatch always does big stuff. Many, many games do. Uh, so if you want to dive into Rainbow Six Siege this holiday season, you could do that with a Halloween event that should be coming around maybe the end of September, I would say, beginning of October. That's generally when this kind of stuff starts winding up. I'm hoping to see something new from Overwatch this year because it was essentially the same thing as it was last year as the year before. So, I, you know, it, all logistical stuff. I have my hopes up. Will I be let down more than likely? But good thing I don't play Overwatch anymore. Good thing I don't play Overwatch anymore. 
I'm interested to see what Fortnite does end up doing for Halloween because we have some news about the giant cube that has been floating around the map, or I should say flopping around the map, for the better part of a couple of weeks. So Fortnite's Loot Lake doesn't look like you remember it, and that is because it is now a giant bounce pad, ladies and gents. It is a giant bounce pad. The Fortnite cube, which has been rolling around the map for the last several weeks, has finally come to what looks like its final resting place, the inside of Loot Lake. As Fortnite fans who have been following the path of the cube know, Loot Lake always seemed like the destination, but I'm not sure that anyone expected it to end up like this. As long as the cube was in a regular game world, it had a few interesting effects on players. For one thing, if you shot at the cube, it would push you away and damage you. If you stood close, it would regenerate your shields, and most importantly, if you jumped on it, the cube would bounce you up in the air. While most of these properties left the cube when it covered slash was absorbed into Loot Lake, the bounciness is certainly still there. So, of course, that is the lake before. You have the effects of the cube, and then there it is afterwards with the giant purple effect, and it is essentially, as I said, a giant bounce pad. So, there you have it. Now, instead of the Loot Lake, most players will remember a large body of very shallow water. There is a giant purple Purple Lake, which runs uh, all over its surface, just like the cube, or it ruins all over its surface, same thing. Uh, however, if you did want to dive in, of course, Fortnite Season 6 is coming on. Uh, we're getting closer to the release next week, so if you did want to dive in, now's a good time to get back into Fortnite if you did want to check out what the new update might entail. But as of right now, it could, in fact, open a dimension to another alternate reality, and that is the fan theory that I've seen on the internet. Of course, we have no idea what's going on, but we will wait and see what Season 6 does have in store for Fortnite. But for those that were fans of the cube, it made its way through Tilted Towers and is now disintegrating into Loot Lake. So go give it a look if you did want to dive into it. But pretty interesting stuff. Pretty awesome stuff from the guys over on the development team behind Fortnite because their creativity is literally limitless. It is literally limitless. Fantastic. I'm really digging it. However, for those that are not going to be going to Fortnite on their Switch this weekend, you can play the Dark Souls Remastered Network Test. And if you did want to do that, I will tell you how right now. Fans of From Software's brutal action RPG Dark Souls will finally get a chance to play the remastered version on Nintendo Switch this weekend. Dark Souls Remastered on Switch originally had a network test planned for April and was scheduled to launch during the summer, but publisher Bandai Namco delayed it due to give the development, uh, excuse me, the development team time. To, uh, wow, I'm just going to start over. Give the development team the time needed to make sure Nintendo Switch players can fully appreciate the true Dark Souls experience anytime and anywhere, thanks to the unique portable nature of the Nintendo Switch console. So that sounds like they're just trying to make the game a little bit more stable for the handheld version. The network test was also pushed back as a result. Now the game is scheduled to launch on Switch on October the 19th. Uh, one month from today, actually, the PC, PS4, and Xbox One versions are all out right now, and they released on May the 25th. Anyone interested in participating in the network test can download the client starting today on the Nintendo eShop. It begins Friday and lasts through the weekend. It takes players to the Undead Parish area, and players will have access to both single-player and multiplayer content, but there are some caveats. A Nintendo Switch Online membership is required, and save data from the test won't carry over to the full version at launch. A couple of minor inconveniences so that you can test out what's going on with Dark Souls. Uh, but of course, the schedule does lie as follows. Friday, you get it from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. Saturday, you get it from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. And Sunday, you also get it from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. 
Of course, the game is going to cost 40 bucks and includes all of the DLC that was ever released for the game, if you were interested in that. And, of course, you have reportedly improved frame rates and resolution, at least on the PS4, Xbox One, and PC versions of the game. We'll see what happens whenever I am sure that Digital Foundry analyzes what's going on with the Switch version. But, again, if you did want to dive into it, you can check out the network test for Dark Souls this weekend on the Nintendo Switch uh, for four hours at a time, if you did want to dive into that. A small, brief playtest. But finally, speaking of Nintendo Switch Online, it is live right now, so if you have been waiting for this service to launch with ravenous desires to dive into some classic NES games, you can check it out right now. Again, I have a full video on it, if you did want to check that out, letting you guys know what's going on with Nintendo's new service. It's kind of like PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live, but not as good. However, not as expensive either. Pretty awesome stuff there. Again, the pricing is $3.99 for one month, three months for $7.99, and a year for $19.99 if you did want to dive into it. And it is going to be required again to play the Dark Souls Remastered Playtest if you did want to do that. Uh, But it is what it is. Again, not something that I'm proud of to be reporting on, but Nintendo is making some moves, and it is what we have to deal with today. So, overall... That is the news of the day. I hope you guys have enjoyed today's show. Again, I apologize for being late. I apologize for being rushed. Uh, But to be quite honest, I'm in college and I have a giant test tomorrow. So, yeah, it's kind of where we're at with that. My priorities lie with you. I love you all very much. However, I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of the night. If you are new to the channel, be sure to drop me a like down below. Be sure to subscribe for more news like this. And on top of that, I upload videos throughout the week. And be sure to follow me on a ton of other stuff if you did want to do that. Links will be in the description box down below. But as for right now, I appreciate you guys being here. I will talk to you tomorrow and enjoy the rest of your evening. Peace.